This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I am uh, really glad we're uh, on this subject we've been talking about. We started it last Sunday. We're talking about believe. Would you say that with me? Let's say it together. Believe. Let's say it again. Believe. Have you ever faced something, uh, you know, you were wanting to uh, dream a dream or you wanted to accomplish something, maybe you wanted to start a business or you were believe, or you wanted a promotion, you needed a raise in pay or you would like a new car and uh, different things that, you know, were not just so easy to just, you know, come quickly to you. And uh, you just, you felt like, well, I just got to believe. Or maybe you talk to someone and share with them what you were wanting and you'd say, just believe with me. You ever done that? Of course, let's say it again. Believe. Let all of us say it like we believe it. Believe. I'm telling you, that's a powerful, powerful statement. You know, you watch sporting events, uh, you know, where uh, teams are playing, especially if it's a team that maybe they have not historically done good. They uh, had a rough time and uh, never really been successful. And you'll look around all of a sudden you'll see and they start winning and they win a few games. Before you know it, you'll see people holding posters in the stadium that says, believe, don't you? They say, believe. Isn't it amazing how they will use that term, believe. Because everyone, whether saved or unsaved, whether Christian or not, we all understand that, man, there's a world of difference between believing and not believing. That, you know, we, we know that belief, when we believe, it creates a strength in us. Uh, it creates a courage. It creates a hope, doesn't it? It creates... Uh, 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 a dream that helps us to believe well, or to think we can do this. I can do this. It's something that helps us get over. I'm really excited about it because when we look at the Bible, you read the Bible, and you know the Bible's divided into two sections. Uh, one's called the Old Testament, and one is called the New Testament, right? right? And so, you have the Old Testament, you have the New Testament. And the Old Testament is, it's got, you know, uh, the uh, book of Genesis where it starts out and tells us about the beginning. It talks about creation. It gives us our roots. Our roots. As human beings, whether Christian or not, our roots all go back there. We all had a common beginning. Now I know some people say, well, that's just a story like different tales that were told in old days among tribal peoples that they just have stories. And that's just a story. Well, I happen to believe it to be the truth. As a matter of fact, the first sentence of the Bible, I believe. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that. 
I honestly believe that first sentence in the Bible. I even believe genuine leather. Uh, no, no. Uh, no, I believe that first sentence. I believe it so much that I believe everything, every sentence after, all the way to the last sentence and the last statement in the Bible. I believe it. And whether you think I'm silly or not, that's okay. Uh, but I personally believe that first sentence. And I found that when I believe that first sentence, all of a sudden it's easier to accept and understand the rest. If I question that first sentence, I kind of stumble through the rest of the book and have a hard time with so much of the rest of the stuff in the book. But when I start out with that first sentence and I say, you know what, I believe that. When I read it, I believe it. I just believe it. I just do. Then I don't understand everything the Bible says. Man, I'm still learning. And I mean, the biggest room in my life is a room for improvement. The older I get, the less I realize I actually know. You know, there was a time in my life when I thought, boy, my dad, if he only knew what I knew or know, you know, and then later I grew up. Uh, I was a teenager then. But, uh, you know, uh, I do believe that. I believe it. And so it, that believing in that first statement of the Bible helps me to believe everything else in there. Now there's things that, man, I do stumble at sometimes and say, whoa, okay, did you really mean that for me? I mean, yeah, I can hear you saying that for somebody else, but, but really for me? Because, man, I'm so far from perfect that are, do you really mean it for me? And then I have to settle it. Yes, it's for me. With all my imperfections, with everything that's wrong with me, I still believe it. And that that makes it real in my life. You know, you take a relationship. Um, years ago, I was, and this was before I was a Christian, I was in the Navy and halfway around the world and uh, had been gone for a good period of time. And uh, we'd been out to sea for so long and we were, uh, we were doing some maneuvers out in the middle of the ocean and we were out there for like, in the middle of it for like 45 days or so. That doesn't sound like a long time, but when you don't see land for 45 days, you begin to wonder if there is land. It's amazing how that all of a sudden, you know, in just a short amount of time, you can begin to question some things. But uh, anyway, uh, it took time for any kind of communication to come from the states that wasn't critical information. Well, I got a letter, or uh, I'm sorry, a friend of mine uh, said, uh, he said, I got a letter from my wife and she said, Denise is cheating on you. And I looked at him and I said, what? He said, she said, Denise is cheating on you. And I looked at him and I said, that's not true. He said, how do you know? I said, because I believe in her. And of course, it wasn't true. It was a lie. It was his wife that was jealous of Denise that wanted to hurt our relationship. You see, I wasn't a Christian, but 
my believing in her. Now, what if I had not had belief? What if I was insecure? What if I had doubts? What if I was a person that lived with doubts? We would call that an insecure person. Now, you think believing just has to do with spiritual things. I'm telling you, it has everything to do with life and everything in life. What if I had been a person that was very insecure and didn't trust people? You ever met somebody, I know it's not you, but somebody that didn't trust people? You know? Maybe you deal with trust issues. You say, well, I've been hurt. Okay. At the core of that, though, is your willingness to believe. Because see, trust, security, confidence, courage, so many things. The seed of believing produces so many varied plants in our lives. Not just a relationship with God, which it does, but it affects so much of our life. See, because if I had been a person with doubt, filled with doubt, unbelief, that I couldn't believe, and I doubted, and I didn't trust because of doubt and unbelief, you can't trust. You have no trust, ability to trust people. We always want to blame our problems on what someone's done to us. He hurt me, therefore I can't trust. She lied to me. I can't trust. My parents did this. I can't trust. No, the issue is in your heart. You have hardened your heart and refused to believe. And if you will learn to believe, all of a sudden the trust issues will become settled. See, for some reason, I grew up believing. Now, I believed in God, but I didn't know God, but I believed God was real. But I believed in myself. I did. I don't know why. I wasn't anybody special. But I thought I could do anything. I believed. I just believed. And I believed in people. And I knew this woman. And I've known her for 50 years now. And so when that statement was made to me, because of my belief that is grounded in truth, I wasn't shaken. Now, if I had been shaken, that would have been a horrible thing. Because we had guys on the ship that committed suicide because they'd get a Dear John letter or they'd get news that their wife was running around with other men and they'd commit suicide because it would be a long time before they'd ever see her and they couldn't fix it. And men fix things, you know. We fix them. And when a man can't fix it, he feels helpless and hopeless. But I was very secure because I believe you. I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this one theme we're talking about this whole month of believing. Believe. Now in the Old Testament, we, I was saying, you know, the Bible's divided into two parts. In the Old Testament, it uh, talks about uh, history, the history of mankind, the history of the Jewish race, uh, the Jewish people. You see that history there. All right? 
And the Bible says they're there as examples or illustrations for us to learn from. Okay? Kind of like uh, my younger brother learned from uh, how, what not to do. Because if he did certain things he saw me get whipped for, he knew not to do it, or at least not to let mom and dad know he did So I was an illustration. Whether bad or good, I was an illustration. But they were an illustration to us, the Bible says. But at the core, if we boil down all of the Old Testament, and we say, okay, what is that Old Testament about? What, what's it all about? Well, we could say at the very heart of it is this one thing, and that is the law. The law and its requirements upon all mankind that they must follow and fulfill completely, not partially. It wasn't like a buffet. The law was not a buffet where you could go in and pick and choose and say, okay, I'm not going to break this commandment, but the others I'm not worried about. The, the law said this, if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. So, you either had to be perfect in obedience, or if you weren't perfect, if you ever made 99 instead of 100, then you were a zero for everything. If you ever failed once, you failed everything. That's pretty tough. That was the Old Testament. And God said, if you want to have a relationship with me, if you want to be my children, if you want me, you want to belong to me and me to forgive all your sins and, and you to be able to spend eternity with me and me be your God and you be my children, then here are my rules and you must obey all of them. You cannot fail at one of them. If you ever fail at one, you're guilty of all. Well, that's pretty tough. Now, you see in there, though, that God put sacrifices in there to show that He was pointing towards something that was going to happen in the New Testament, which was He was going to pay a price for our breaking of the rules. So the Old Testament is centered around the law and our observance of it. The New Testament is centered around, its theme is this, Jesus Christ and His work on the cross. The New Testament, that's its whole focus. Though it talks about a lot of things, the whole core principle the core, the heart of the New Testament is this one thing. What Jesus Christ did at the cross in His death, burial, and resurrection for you and I. For all mankind. That's the theme of the New Testament. That's the message of the New Testament. Now, the Old Testament, now listen, for us to be right with God, listen to me very carefully, for us to be right with God, according to the Old Testament, the law, we had to obey all. Now listen, here's what the Old Testament said. If you can obey all. If you can obey all, you will find life. Eternal life. 
That's the message of the Old Testament. The message of the New Testament is this. If you can believe all, you will find your life. In one, if you can obey all. In the other, if you can believe all. See, in the Old Testament, our redemption, our hope, our salvation was based on what we do, on what you do, on what I do. I mean, you look real good right now. Yes, you do. I mean, you look wonderful. But if I knew everything about you, I would find there were some places you need help. Well, you may think, no, you may not. But I think I look all right. Hey, I, I am what I am. And I'll tell you what, this is as good as it gets. <laughs> but, you know, I know I've got so many flaws. And if I had to live under that Old Testament thing of my hope is in what I do, buddy, it would be miserable. You know what, honestly, here's my, here's my thought. If salvation, if eternal life, because see, I believe there is a heaven and I believe there is a hell. I believe there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I believe heaven is wonderful and hell is horrible. You think it's hot here? I've read of a hotter place. It's called hell. And I don't want to go there. And I don't want to see anybody go there. There is nothing worth it. As a matter of fact, I remember when I first got saved and I was reading the Old Testament and I was reading in there realizing, man, everything's up. you got to do this, you got to do this, you can't do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And I mean, it was just on and on and on. And so much. You think the Ten Commandments are all there? No, it's a whole lot of other stuff. And I thought, as I read it, I thought, if this was all there was, then it would be a curse to be born. It would be literally a curse. You, you would be damned if you're born. Because none of us are perfect. None of us. But thank God. In your Bible, there's a second part. The New Testament. And it doesn't say, Jesus didn't say, if you will obey all and you will be perfect, that my Father will give you eternal life. Jesus said, if you can believe, you have already passed from death unto life. If you believe, if you believe, Look at what Jesus said. He said, what do you mean if I can? Jesus answered him. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. That almost sounds unreal. Anything? Anything? And 
these are not the words of some wild-eyed fanatic who's, who is temp, who is really kind of off his rocker and, and is making wild, grandiose promises that he can't fulfill. This is God's Son. And everything He says, He tells us. He only says what He hears His Father say. So everything He says is putting God on the line. So in sense we could say, and we will say, God says to you and I, anything is possible. Anything. What is anything? Anything. But what do you mean by anything? I mean anything. Well, you have to explain that to me. Think of anything. Okay, I can see it. Then that's it. Anything. Say it with me. Anything. Come on, say it out loud. Anything. Say it again. Anything. Think about your life. Think about your life. What are you facing? What are you needing? Where is their lack? Where is there a need? Where is something you'd really like to see happen? Come on, is there anything? You mean to sit there and look at me and make me think you don't have anything you need? That's a dangerous place because the Bible talks about the people that thought they had it all. And he said, you don't realize you ain't got nothing. See, God wants us always to realize we need. Don't ever get to where you say, well, I'm totally content. God doesn't want you to be totally content. He wants you to always need. To always need. Need Him. Need His blessing. Need His forgiveness. Need His goodness. Need His mercy. Need His grace. Need His wisdom. Need His love. Need His care. Need His safety. Need His protection. Need. 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 I need you, God. Now, what do you need? What do you need? Anything is possible. First thing, isn't it interesting? The first thing Jesus throws out to us is He throws the door wide open on our need of where we are. He doesn't get real spiritual. He brings it down to where you and I live. He steps into the kitchen with you and I and He says, what do you need? Let's quit standing at the front door with a conversation through the screen. That's old days, I know. With a conversation through the screen. Let's quit texting one another. Let's get face to face and talk here. You tell me, what do you need? Because right now, it's all about what you need. What is it? That's what he said. I'm going to tell you what. I'll be the first one. And I may step on your toes as I run by you. Because I'm going to give the face, here's what I need. And you say, oh no, you should be one for everybody else. Honey, he said to me anything. Come on now. Y'all get real spiritual. That's what I, I tell you what, religious folks, you missed the boat so many times. You're like the guy in the flood sitting on the roof. And he said, God, deliver me, come save me. Before the waters get over my roof here, the helicopter comes by and says, man, you need to live? No, God's going to save me. He says, okay. The boat comes by and the guy says, you need me to help you? He said, no, God's going to save me. My man Browns goes to heaven. He's standing before God and he says, Jesus, why didn't you save me? 
He said, I'll send a helicopter. I said, a boat? You didn't want my help. Some of us are that way. Oh, I don't. I've had people come. I wouldn't ask anything for myself. I only ask for others. No, you don't. Because if you don't care about yourself, you don't care about anybody else. Because you can only love others to the degree you love yourself. God says, anything, anything is possible. Whoa! Last week we talked about living a life without limits. A life without limits. Jesus said, anything is possible if you believe. Well, let's try to break this down real quick here. Because my time's running out. What does he mean by the term believe? What does Jesus mean by this term, believe? Well, I think the best way I could, in my feeble, humble way, try to express it to you, is this. I'm going to use two examples. The children of Israel and an individual called Abraham. Now let's look at these two, because... The Bible compares these two and to give us understanding of what Jesus meant, what God means, what the Bible means when it says, believe. And you remember what Jesus said, what he said to you, what he said to me. His promise is anything, anything. Think of something. Think of anything. If you can think of it, it's possible. If you can believe. Believing is the key. Doors are locked for me. There's so many doors. Every door I knock on, nothing opens up. Well, let me give you a key. I've got the master key to any door. Put that key in that door. And it's believe. Anything is possible. Can I say it this way? Any door will open when you believe. Any door, every door will open when you use the master key. Children of Israel, <clears throat> you know, we're going to fast forward to a moment in their, in their history. And the moment is when they were slaves in Egypt. Now their whole race, the whole, all of them were there in Egypt. In slavery, they had to serve their masters <clears throat> and they were treated very harshly, the scriptures tell us. They were there 465 years, I believe it was. But anyway, God supernaturally raises up a man to deliver them. And he brings them out supernaturally. And there was miracles. <coughs> That brought, that delivered them. All kinds of miracles. You, uh, if you hadn't read about it, you ought to read about it there in the book of Genesis about, or I mean, in the book of uh, Exodus about their uh, deliverance and all that. How they came out and see all the things that happened when they came out of Egypt. All right, you find it's amazing, supernatural miracles. I'm talking about Steven Spielberg, uh, you know. 
Uh, it, it was like Star Wars to the nth degree. All kinds of stuff taking place. The Battle of the Ages almost it looked like. And, you know, and man, the Egyptians not only opened the doors and said, we free you, they gave them all their gold and silver and jewels and, and wealth. And, you know, the, the maid that had been uh, cooking and cleaning and, and doing all the stuff, you know, the lady of the house said, here's my Rolex, here's my keys of my Rolls Royce, here's everything, here's the uh, access to our bank account, take the ATM card, the pin number 7432, go get it all, it's all yours. <clears throat> and they left, the Bible says, with the wealth of Egypt. And also, they had been sickly and poorly, uh, harshly treated. They were sick and afflicted. But as they walked out, they were instantly healed. And the Bible says not one of them left their way. Every one of them walked out of their hole and strong and healthy. Wow. Now, we're not, they didn't go into heaven. They just went out the door of bondage. Okay? They got out of Egypt supernaturally. Pharaoh's army chases them. You know the story. And, 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 and they get, there's a Red Sea in front of them and Pharaoh's army's coming behind them because he changed his mind and decided he wanted to kill them. See, the devil always comes back. Whenever you get free in an area, free from something, free from a fear or a bondage, he'll always come back and try to get you again. You know? But I'm telling you, God always makes a way of escape. And so, there they were, the Red Sea in front of them. They couldn't swim. They couldn't get across. And Pharaoh's army's coming. And God says to Moses, He says, just stretch that staff in your hand out. And Moses stretched this piece of wood out. And when he did, the waters parted. And they went across on dry land. They walked across. About three million people walked across on dry land. Pharaoh's army's coming and they see the main way made open and they think, great, we're going to get in on this miracle that their, their God is doing for them. Well, the trouble is, God does miracles for His kids, not for everybody else. That's why it's good to be a child of God. If you're going in on the stuff. And so, they, Pharaoh and his army start going through. And when they get down there on the dry land, all of a sudden, the angels that were holding the water back, they just went back to heaven. And the water went right over and killed everyone of Pharaoh's army. And Pharaoh is standing up there. He's got the mightiest army in the world one moment, and the next moment, he doesn't even have an army. And fear struck his heart. Well, anyway, they go through and they're in the, you know, traveling uh, from Egypt to this promised land, a land of promise. I like that it's called a land of promise. A land of promise. Serving God, Christianity, living for Jesus. Are you still with me? We're going to wrap this up. All of these things. You know what? It's a life of promise. It's not a life of do's and don'ts. It's not a life of barely get along. It's not a life of trying to serve God. It's not a life of, oh, woe is me. It's not that. It's a life of promise. 
Now, whether you take hold of the promises or not, listen, you can be inside the grocery store and starve to death. So anyway, they see all these miracles, all this hanging happens. And yet, throughout the time, water from a rock, God causes a river to flow out of a rock. God causes manna to come down from heaven. God causes the wind to blow and the, and the, uh, 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 the doves come and fall before them. All they got to do is pluck them, cook them, and eat them. God's like doing everything for them. As the Bible says, and they heard God, they saw a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night that kept them safe from all of their enemies and guided them. And yet, in the midst of it all, the Bible says, listen what it says in the book of Hebrews. Throw that scripture right up there for me. That one in Hebrews, there we go. Remember what it says. Today, when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God? Even though they heard His voice, wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when He took an oath that they would never enter His rest. They'd never enter the land of promise. You'll never enter what I have planned for you. You'll never enter the goodness I offer you, the life I want for you. Wasn't it the people who disobeyed Him? So we see, now notice the word disobey there. Do you get that word? That's where a lot of you trip up. Oh no, well, I've disobeyed. I've disobeyed, oh God. You didn't read the rest of the story. So we see. He said, now this is what it tells us. This is what all of that that happened with the children of Israel. They saw the miracles. They saw God do supernatural wonders. More than you and I have ever seen in, in, a, in the time they did. They saw all kinds of things that were undeniable. Even their enemies who didn't believe in their God, their enemies would say, the God of the children of Israel is the real God because look at what He does. But it's, here's what it says. But we see this about them. Here's the sum total. Here's what's written on their tombstones. Their life story is that because of their unbelief, because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter His rest. Now what was it? When Jesus said, believe. When Jesus said, if you, anything is possible if a person and he says over there, the writer of Hebrews says, so here's the sum of the story of the children of Israel. Here's what we learned from them. He's writing in the New Testament to New Testament Christians. He says, here's what we learned from them. That they missed it. Not because they didn't dot every eye and cross every T. Not because 
They weren't perfect in everything they did. They missed it in this one thing. Unbelief. They heard God's word, but refused to believe. Now let me tell you something. We're going to pick up on this next week. And I want to introduce you next week to Abraham and let you see the difference between the children of Israel and Abraham. We're going to see a world of difference. We're not only going to see a world of difference, we're going to see an eternal difference. An eternal difference that affected their life here on this earth and in heaven. Somebody tells me, I just can't believe that is a lie. That is a bold-faced lie. You're lying to yourself. You've lied to yourself so long that you believe a lie. That is a lie. I don't care who you are, who you think you are. Let me tell you something. Upon the authority of God's Word, I can look you in the eye and say you're an absolute liar and there's no truth in you and you're related to your father the devil. Because everyone can believe, believing you choose it. I choose to believe. Nobody made me believe. Nobody, even God doesn't make us believe. You choose to believe and you can believe. You make a decision. I don't see the children of Israel. The Bible says, here is the, what is written against them. Here's their failure. Here's the judgment against them. Not that they committed adultery or that they stole or they murdered or they lied or any of those things. It is this one thing. They refuse to believe. See, if they would have believed, God would have forgiven all of that. When someone dies and goes to heaven, it's because they believe. When someone dies and goes to hell, it's not because they did something bad. It's because they refuse to believe in God's provision of His Son. You believe. When you believe. See, they... Now listen. It doesn't say they felt like not believing. It doesn't say they had trouble with doubts. If you say I've never had trouble with doubts, you've never believed in <laughs> Only a person who believes has trouble with doubts. Yeah, but I'm afraid I got doubts. So what? So what? That's what I say. I'm afraid I got skin. Well, so does everybody else. So does everybody else. Listen. In the face of doubts, in the face of the failures of myself, in the face of the fact that I'm disqualified, in the face of the fact that I do not qualify, I believe in Jesus and decide, I believe that's enough. Amen. Well, listen, here's what the Bible says. It says, they refused. 
refused to believe. They refused to believe. I'm telling you, every promise in the book, every promise in the Bible is a promise. It is God saying, anything is possible. Here's something to help you out. Here's something to help you out. Maybe you're having a hard time grabbing a hold of something to believe. Let me give you something. Let me kind of help you along. Let me give you a clue. He said, He gives you little tidbits so you can grab a hold of them and start believing. Find a promise, land on it, and believe it. You'll be amazed at what would begin to happen in your life. When you begin to believe one promise, it's like it spreads like a plague. Suddenly, you realize, man, if that can work, so does this one. Everywhere I place my foot. They refuse to believe. They refuse. See, it's your choice. See, every one of you in this room, you can be a person of faith. You can choose to believe. You can say, I believe in Jesus. Now let me tell you a powerful promise. It says this. A powerful promise in the Word of God says, if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with our mouth that He is Lord, we are saved. Yeah, but don't I need to do this? Don't I need to do that? Don't I need to quit this? Don't I need... What I'll need to... What did the man say? What did the man say? Quit putting words in his mouth. Why don't you choose to believe instead of refuse to believe? If you, if anyone believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confesses with their mouth He is Lord. Let me tell you. I want to say right now publicly. I believe. I I absolutely have no question in my heart. I know. I believe. God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe He's alive. And I'll see Him one day. I believe that. But I also will say this. I'm going to declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of my life. You know what? I know I'm saved. Am I perfect? Far from it. Do I fail? Yes. Do I qualify? No. Does does He? Yes. So, I'm with Him. Father, I pray over the people. I pray for everyone listening to me and the sound of my voice, those here in the auditorium and those listening by the other podcast. I pray anyone that is struggling with believing. In Jesus' name, right now, my friend, I want you to make a choice right now and simply say this in my heart. I choose to believe. From this moment forward, I choose to believe. I choose to believe. I choose to believe what God says. I choose to believe what Jesus did. I choose to believe it is enough. 
I choose to believe that Jesus is my Savior. I choose to believe He died for me. I choose to believe He was raised from the dead. I choose to believe He is my Lord. And I say it with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord. He's my Lord. He's my Lord. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.